4: Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer and this is my brother Jonah.
5: We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today.
4: Who are pretty fun, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. So Jonah, do you remember my all-female sketch comedy and musical parody troupe in college called Bloomers?
5: I do remember because you still probably mention it pretty much almost every time you talk to someone.
4: I know. I'm so surprised I haven't talked about it more on this podcast. I am shocked
5: because I feel like it was like an inside joke when you were on SNL, like people were always asking you about Bloomers because you talked about it so much.
4: Right. Totally. And in every other job I've ever had. Now you came to a bloomer show once.
5: Yeah, I came to one at University of Pennsylvania. I remember, vaguely remember sitting in like an auditorium and, and watching
4: it. Yeah, that seems like it really made an impression on you. <laughs> now, one sketch that I I would say my biggest sketch that I want our podcast audience to know about was called cardboard with a hole in it. And I believe I wrote it on an airplane with our dad. (laughs) And it was a sketch where me and a co-host played home shopping hosts and we sold a piece of cardboard with a hole in it. And I was a freshman when I wrote it. And I remember I was so adamant about it being the perfect sketch that, again, even though I was a freshman, I had the director and everyone. We cast someone to play my co-host. And I was instantly like, This person isn't right. And we went through like almost everybody in the cast auditioning like to play the co-host again, the home shopping co-host until we cast my still good friend, Ariana Jackson, because she really hit it out of the park. So it would be me and Ariana selling this cardboard with a hole in it. And as you can imagine, Jonah, it was very funny.
5: Yeah, And how many times did you perform this?
4: Well, we performed it in, I believe, the spring show my freshman year. And then because it was such a freaking hit, you know, it would be like you can use this cardboard to like look at part of a painting or I mean, I have it in the other room. I could read the whole thing, but I've done that before. And I, anyways, and someone someone calls in and is like, what do you do if you get a stain on it? Like if you get ketchup or something on it, we were like, you just put white out on it. It was a white piece of cardboard. And anyways, so um, actually it might have been foam board. OK, M- movie magic. But so then we did it that one year and then. Um another year, because it was such a success, we did cardboard with three holes in it. And then another year we sold cardboard with no holes in it. So we we're just selling a piece of cardboard.
5: Did you ever try to pitch this
4: to SNL as, as doing this sketch? That's a great question. I believe it was in my writing packet. I submitted a writing packet to SNL before I auditioned. And then when I auditioned and I got like a callback kind of thing, my agent in Chicago was like, you know, she submitted a writing packet and they're like, oh, we'd love to see it. I don't think they looked at it like I don't think (laughs) Cardboard with a Hole in It was. I mean, I think they maybe looked at it once I was coming into audition. But like, I don't think Cardboard with a Hole in It is necessarily what got me on SNL. But I don't not know.
5: Yeah, I guess we'll never know.
4: And now I have a show on Showtime that I'm working on that's about home shopping.
5: Yeah. Do you think that that is there an episode that revolves around Cardboard with a Hole in It? Not
4: yet. And I'm like, our writer's room is over. I'm like, what did I what was I doing that whole time? But I don't worry, everybody. It'll be great.
5: Speaking of great. Do you want to introduce today's guest, Vanessa?
4: I would love to. OK, by the way, we gave this guest a warning that when she's listening to our story, she she's she can laugh as much as she wants, but just try to try to not laugh too hard. Was she controlled herself?
5: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of restraint. So thank you so much.
4: Yeah, thank you for your restraint, guest. Our guest today, she's a truly brilliant comedian, actress, writer. She's wowed us in countless ingenious comedic projects like her episode of Netflix, The Characters, 555, her appearance in the film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You may have heard of it. Okay. Soon we can see her in the highly and hotly anticipated series, The League of Their Own, and... We love listening to her podcast right here on the Big Money Players Network, POOG, with Jacqueline Novak. Now, please welcome my good friend, Kate Berlant. Uh, Oh, my
6: God. (laughs) Hi. Oh, um, dear listener, I was struggling with the formality of what to do when listening, laughing. Do I mute myself? And then I, I failed. I sat back and I instead was quietly doing muffled laughter and it instantly feels like performing laughter if you're miked and not speaking right right anyway it was a struggle and i and i just want you to know that i was loving the cardboard with the hole in it. it's absolutely hysterical and the fact that it wasn't on snl the nation was robbed thank <laughs> you so much thank you and the international community because as we know snl goes beyond the states right 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 right
5: okay did you do you have experience doing sketch comedy? Is it, did you do it in school or anything like that?
6: I didn't. Next question. No, I <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do sketch comedy, but I was in an improv troupe. I went to an all girls school, which I'm a huge proponent of, and um, <laughs> and I was in a... I was in a <laughs> so we had uniforms at the school, and I was in an improv group called Out a Uniform, but it was spelled A U D A. Uniform out of uniform, which is very strange. I was also the president of the Thespian Society. Or was I the vice president? (laughs) Block that out. But uh, yeah. And I was very active in the theater community. Someone could say I was the theater department, my best friend and I. (laughs) Um, We, you know, tried to get them to do the Laramie project. They said no. We said you're doing it, and they said fine, but we could only get like eight girls interested, so we all had to play like fourteen parts. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I was very but it, sketch comedy. No, I um. I've never been able to put pen to paper. I find it's really hard to write. So um, (laughs) I was never able to do sketch comedy in that regard. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it.
4: But you did improv, which I feel like an improv group is very, like a young, young people in an improv group. It's very similar. It's,
6: but barely, I feel like this, the improv group, like we never even performed. It was like a club. We like met up like twice a month and just like ate snacks. I I don't recall ever actually doing improv. Truly. Got it. And then you went to NYU, right? I did. I did. I was rejected from acting school. I always feel the urge to say. So I went for academia. I did go. So did I. And then I did bloomers. And obviously. And by the way, I've heard of bloomers. So I actually feel like I really feel like a friend. I really feel like I'm in the the inner circle. I'm sure you've heard of it from me.
5: If you've been around (laughs) Vanessa for more than five minutes, you probably have heard of it.
6: It's come up. But did you do any kind of extracurricular performance at NYU? Oh, well, I started doing stand-up comedy, actually, my senior year in high school, if you can imagine it. So I was, Whoa. I was, yeah, 17 years old when I took the mic for the first time and never, never looked back. And so I was doing stand-up throughout my time at NYU, but not on campus. We didn't have a campus, much like the show Felicity Shows You. <laughs> I was immersed in the downtown scene almost instantly. <laughs>
4: Which honestly, what a great training ground because I remember one summer I interned in New York State at the NYU dorms and the first summer I believe I stayed at the Greenwich Hotel dorms, Mm. which ended up being next to the archive building I lived at for a long time. Anyways, really interesting stuff for the audience. <laughs> but I remember I took this stand-up workshop at Gotham Comedy Club for like six weeks or something like that. And then the next summer I did open mics in around New York when I interned and stayed at the Broom Street dorm, which no Ooh. longer exists.
6: <gasps> was it wiped off the map? I think it was wiped off the map. Oh no.
4: But I remember being like, Oh, this is the hardest place to do stand-up people. Really, you have to really be so funny and catch people off guard to get one laugh, and I don't think I got a
6: one. It was hard. Let me tell you, I to cut my teeth in New York City. You know, it really. Uh, no, when I think about it, really was hell.
0: Yeah, <laughs> in, in
6: certain ways. I mean, I when I first did stand up, first time was actually at my high school. Wow, needless to say, I killed, destroyed, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely killed. But then I was doing open mics at the Laugh Factory here in hollywood which i had to get a fake id for them to let me in oh my god and it was truly that was the darkest the laugh factory open mic i believe was at 5 30 on tuesdays and you had to line up and it was when i think about it now i just i don't know how i did it yeah i hear that it's so demeaning it feels so so demeaning just oh yeah really scary stuff yeah new york the mics you know but it's you know, it's the gym. It's the jungle gym. And it put, put me to work. <laughs> it's a gym. It's a jungle gym. And I missed the reps. Yes. Do you remember
4: when you were in high school, what your standup was
6: about? Yeah. So when I started, I did one liners. Like I, everything was super written. Like truly. I remember when I first sat down to write stand up, I wrote jokes it was like I was like a Catskill comedian I wrote jokes about the Pope I was like "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) so I I wrote all these jokes but they definitely were absurd or like weird or didn't fully make sense like I really was obsessed with Steve Martin but also I was loved like like Eugene Merman I was really obsessed with all the comedians that were doing comedy in New York at Rafifi like the downtown alt alt comedy scene so totally I was kind of a weird mix between like Woody Allen, Steve Martin, and like trying to like copy like Eugene Merman or Sarah Silverman or something. It was like, it was a crazy show. Nice but I actually have footage of the first time I've ever done stand up when I was 17 at my high school and I have to digitize it for my own personal archive. And I think the only person I've ever shown it to is John Early. That's so funny. It's so, And my voice is 10 octaves higher. It's confusing. I'm like an absolute baby. It's it's wild.
5: That's amazing. I did stand-up once, and Vanessa came to my show. I did it this bar. Oh, yeah!
4: And you did it at, like, a metal... St.
5: Vitus. St. Vitus. It's like a metal bar in, in Greenpoint my band used to play at. Oh, hell yeah. And I think it went okay, but I actually work... I'm not I'm not a comedian, but I actually Jonah. think of stand-up jokes, and I write them down in case I'll ever need to do, you do? a stand-up set. Yeah, and I, I can run one by you, too. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, This is one my, my wife hears a lot. I make this one a lot. It's probably getting pretty... Pretty old, but um, I think I texted this one to you, Vanessa. But it's better for me. Okay,
4: okay, for the listeners. Okay, let's hear it.
5: What's the deal? Well, that how how now I'm You're getting doing so good. You're on your You're way. way. That was so it. good. Yeah. You're doing so good. <laughs> okay, what's the deal with parchment paper? It's like, am I roasting some vegetables or writing the Constitution?
6: I love that. Thank you. That's really funny. I'm not I'm not being facetious.
5: Thank you. Cuz yeah, I every time I put the parchment paper I'm like this sounds like you're writing some document on it or something.
6: Yeah. I'm actually just getting lost in thought now about parchment paper. <laughs>
4: Thank you. It's really good. Can I give a little? Can I give a little critique of it?
5: Please, please. I mean, professional comedians I'd critiquing. I love to see
4: a sibling yeah. spat, a <laughs> spat among siblings.
5: I'm here for feedback.
4: I feel like if it's part of a longer set, Jonah. Like sometimes saying "What's the deal?" feel can be.
5: <laughs> yeah, I felt that's why I started over because I felt like that was a little too Seinfeld-y.
4: Yeah, you could you could be like in the middle of your set and you could go. <sighs>
6: I, I I never get the, what was the thing it's it's hard not to say what it is you I really think hard. it's a closer I think it's a closer and good night I think
4: <laughs> you're they are right. you I off. think you're right you I I have some parchment paper in my kitchen, I,
6: I never understood parchment paper. I think that's how you say. It. I think you could go. I never understood it. Or you could go. I got the parchment paper. I'm I'm loading up the roasted veggies. I put put the veggies on. I pass out. I wake up. I have half a novel. I uh, <laughs> I wrote a novel. There
4: it is.
5: Oh my gosh, that's so good.
4: I wake up. I go. I go. Am I John Adams? <laughs> it's really good. Now, Kate, I feel like you must have always been really funny. Oh hey, you make me I'm 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 not trying to like flatter you you make me laugh more than like like you are one of the funniest people and I think it's because it's your sense of humor mixed with like the expressions that you make which unfortunately our listeners can't uh, see right now but if they,
6: (laughs) (laughs) I made a bunch of goofy faces if
4: they look up there's videos there's like you know they can look on your Twitter. Oh, yeah. I've been crossing my eyes since the 80s. Yeah. Your comedy is so unique. And sometimes I I veer into the Chris Farley show on SNL where I'm just like, what do you think? How do you think it happened? (laughs) But like, I wonder how your comedy, it is so unique. And I just, it must be a mix of, now I'm answering my own question and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, going to an all girls school and you probably- Now I'm making stuff up fully and you can tell me if I'm right and just like making everybody laugh there and then like going to NYU and just like having so many interesting influences and doing stand up there and having to deal with those, you know, I was going to call them bozos, but not bozos, but just like the the stand up scene there and being so I don't. What do you think? what a great question to ask you. That's probably going to be really easy for you to answer. But like, how do you think your sense of humor kind of became what it is today?
6: Oh my God. Well, first of all, to get a compliment like that from you, one of the funniest people to have ever walked there. Someone I admire so much. Thank you. I mean, no, you're absolutely right. I think the school thing is very real of going to an all girls school again. I'm a huge proponent of that. As I said earlier, (laughs) just really being a, you know, a goof and a, and a clown. And I, you know, have the ADD, which continues to calcify my brain and just being kind of overactive and loving attention. I mean, I don't, you know, I think it's just, oh, I don't know. I don't know. How do we, how do we become the things we are? You know, God enters us. It's such a hard thing to ask you. I think it's just, you just keep clowning, going downtown, making the wall street guys laugh. I, I do think that because I do think about that now starting out without you know Instagram Twitter like I am really grateful for the fact I kind of can't believe how quickly technology and everything shifts because when i was starting to do stand-up there really wasn't any kind of an online version of it it really was just like the immediacy i mean of course the internet existed and people were really using youtube at that time but i wasn't i mean i would make some little videos and put them online but i'm glad that i was forced to kind of exist without um the eyes of the net on me yeah
5: totally yeah i think it's the same with music like i i grew up playing in bands and stuff and, and still, still do sometimes. And it's like, I can't, it feels like it would just take so much time promoting stuff. And like, when do you have time to actually work on your art? It's like, there's so much other stuff you have to do.
6: Oh yeah. Or like, I, I truly recall. Cause I, I mean, I was doing stand up for years and I remember like the first time that like somebody kind of like with a business card was like, Hey, like I work in an agency. And by the way, what's so funny is the sweet woman who did that to me, was in one of my classes at school she was like my <laughs> age. and she was like i'm working at this agency or something and and i, I just say that to to mean or i'm i'm trying to show that i'm just glad there were so many years where it did feel just like only performing for the people in the room without any kind of hope or yeah. you know anxiety of like who's watching me or i have to immediately I, I just think that the time that that afforded me i'm grateful for and did you always know that you wanted to do comedy yeah <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I, I mean when I was little I was always you know, I was like, I wanna be an actress. I wanna be on the billboard Daddy. You know, I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Much. So I was always yeah, I was definitely always like performing in, in a clown and a big ham. I'm also an only child, unlike you two, which I think also had a huge was formative for me of kind of like the loneliness of being an only child and the, the need to perform for adults. Right, right, right. I was around a lot of adults, alone with adults a lot, and not just my parents, but my parents' friends. None of them had kids. So I do feel like I was at a very young age trying to seem like an adult. Oh, right. and like, yes, that's very Have like an adult sense of humor, but I was a child. And did you put on like,
4: I remember I, I similarly would put on performances for a lot of my parents' friends and stuff and sing and stuff. Did you do that kind of stuff too?
6: I never did like singing or put on perform. I remember one time at my parents' dinner party, I like did like a little like magic, like I had like a little, okay. like, doing some magic tricks, but it was, it was more just like dinner talk. Like I just was at the <laughs> dining room table trying to be like chiming in and being like, you know, just really <laughs> trying to, to I, I just remember really not wanting, really wanting to be taken seriously and really not wanting to be treated like a kid. And I am grateful that, I sort of wasn't like I was sort of forced to be at the like I have. And this again, I'm sorry. Everything right now to me goes back to technology and phone dependence because um, I am currently on day eight of no social media of not looking at <gasps> social media once. God, what a great it? thing the to bravery? do. Yeah, no, the, just every now and then you got to do a cleanse. And so but all through my childhood, I was at dining room, t- like at the dinner table, bored, stiff, wanting to cry. But like I didn't have a phone. I just had to like listen to people talk. And yeah. I think that was um you know, it can't be it can't be underestimated the power of being forced to just be in in the presence of others. Yeah, totally,
4: totally.
5: Yeah, and I think that was true with you, Vanessa, because I feel like you did so many kind of early impressions of our family members.
4: Right, um, right, right.
5: You had to make your own kind of comedy versus like, yeah, looking at stuff on your phone.
6: Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's just I who uh, yeah, it's, it's really on my mind lately having to, but yeah, just being sort of the clown and yeah, and then comedy. I just. My senior year of high school, I started to do stand up. Um, and I was so, I was really, really bad at, I mean, I could not do math. Like I was, and so they kind of had to like take me out of the normal math class because I was holding everyone back because I would be really, <laughs> I would be really distracting and I couldn't focus. And I also like truly couldn't add like I couldn't I just my brain and to this day, like I, I just I truly have like a a learning disability when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> to, to math. And so I that's when I started doing stand up or started writing jokes was I was able to do it in school. It was almost like a little independent study. Like I'd go in my corner and write. Oh wow because I was holding the class back. Good for you for using that time to do something that actually really informed your life later on i'm trying to get that focus back because again i really lost it due to the addiction to social media and the endless scrolling and so i'm trying to rehabilitate and get that focus back because um where to go where to go where to go
4: now here's where we're gonna go we're gonna take a quick
6: no <laughs>
4: we'll
0: be right back don't worry no don't worry we'll be right back Hurry. Right. <laughs>
2: Inspired by a guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a there. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and hypergig for details.
4: And we're back. Now, Kate, we were just talking about social media and the topic that we're going to talk about with you today is sort of related to that, which is AOL chat
6: rooms. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Now, what are some of your earliest memories of AOL (sighs) chat rooms? What do those mean to you? Well... First of all, and I would love to hear what your screen name was. So I logged on. My screen name, my first screen name was Share stole my face. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it looks like as like when you look at that all written, I was like, what the hell? But yeah, it's, it's Cher. so I was Share stole my face, and I would chat with my with my friends. But I immediately was obsessed with going in the chat rooms, music chat rooms, and I was such a little bitch. I would go into like the sync and Backstreet Boys chat rooms and be like, you guys are fucking losers. <laughs> like, listen to Led Zeppelin. Like that was, I was really priding myself on being like, yeah, like I'm into Led Zeppelin and the Velvet Underground and the Ramones and like Billie Holiday and all these freaking posers. And so I loved to go <laughs> into those fan rooms and blow them up for being nerds, which is so, and I remember specifically one time I went into I don't remember it was it was something like a boy band chat room or something and I was you know I was like you guys are losers have you ever heard of John Coltrane? You know? (laughs) And they were like and they were like, ew, like how old are you? And I was like, uh, 13 or whatever. And they were like, You're like my stepdad, like, why are you so old? And I remember being like taken as this badge of honor, like, yeah, like I'm I'm an adult. I have adult taste in music. I'm not one of these babies. (laughs) (laughs) I would troll. And then I remember I would definitely have some chats with some guys. Um, it never got like full nightmare to catch a predator, but I would. I had this character who was myself, who was a blonde woman living in Los Angeles. I had a red Jeep. And I remember there was this one guy that I would talk to and I'd be like, yeah, like I just had to take my Jeep to the shop. like <laughs> And I, and I had in my mind, like this woman that I wanted to be, which is like a blonde haired, like big titted Jeep driver. <laughs> and I remember one time we were talking and he was like, maybe I'll come out to L.A. one day and I'll see you in your red Jeep. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that would be nice. Um, but I was way too scared of men to ever take it right any deeper. So then I'd be like block. But yeah, that was my and then. OK, I'm giving I'm like pounding you with all the stories up top, no. but I will say I had a crush on Shia LaBeouf, you know, even Stevens, you know, genius. Of course, yeah. um, And somehow through growing up in Los Angeles, I was able to procure his screen name. <gasps> Whoa. So I typed it into the thing where, and then, if, you know, if somebody, the door open sound comes, like if they log on. Right. Do you remember the door opening now sound? Now I do. I didn't remember, but now I do.
1: Like,
6: <laughs> yeah, I was like, so, well, that's not it at all, but it was like a screeching sound. And so, I put him in my friends list. So, if he ever were to log on, I would see him. And one day he logged on. <gasps> and of course, my palms were sweating. And I immediately DM'd him, hi. And then he responded, hey, with like four Y's, like, hey. And then he logged off. And I printed out the conversation, which was hi and then hey. I printed it out. And, and, um, With rubber cement put it into my diary. (laughs) Wow. I mean, that's huge. And what a great way to capture it, to print it out. Rubber cement. I was the sole. I mean, rubber cement. I was one of the major purchasers of rubber cement. I only ever used it. In art class Yeah I remember like The little jars of it Yeah the little jars By the way I could have used a glue stick It would have been fine But I was like The fumes of rubber cement Like that smell Is so my childhood Because I had really Intricate journals And I would do like A lot of the collaging Or Wow Like at that age I was really obsessed with I was in love with Michael Pitt I was obsessed with Hedwig And the Angry Inch And I would watch it Like every day after school I would print out All these pictures of Michael Pitt And um Yeah the fumes of that Would intoxicate me In the night (laughs) (laughs)
4: that's Uh incredible i I mean i remember (laughs) using aol chat room and kind of like pretending to be other people but i don't have as visceral of memories of it i do remember like being on it and then like someone would pick up the phone in our house and i'd get kicked off like that whole thing because we had one phone line so it was like that was constantly a thing that i was dealing with what were y'all's names
6: did you have screen names i don't remember my name.
5: I remember mine because I was really into like straight edge culture. Oh, word. So everything had X's around it.
6: Minor threat guy.
5: Minor threat guy. Huge minor threat guy. Yeah. So mine was... And our area code was two one six, which is like the hardcore scene, like always used like the area codes and mine was X Jonah two one six X. Oh, I
4: kind of remember this. (laughs) Oh, I I know what mine was. Okay, go ahead. What was yours? It was Crazy Bay because that was my uh, (laughs) email. But I
5: spoke to my friend Bruce the other day about this topic because I knew it was coming up and he said we actually got mom and dad's AOL account suspended because (laughs) we thought it'd be funny to ask people what their passwords were. I remember we went on and we we would say
4: you and I did hey
5: no me and Bruce oh you and so Bruce sorry we would be like scammers we would say that we looked just like John Goodman um and then which we thought was really funny and then we would be like what's your password and then I guess someone reported us <gasps> and I don't know why we wanted people's passwords I think we just yeah. thought it, this whole thing was like just funny and uh but I guess we, there was some kind of suspension happened I, I don't remember oh. this but
4: I know at one point we were in. Boca Raton, staying at our grandparents' place. Was that when it happened? I remember.
5: No, this was this was later. But I think I got suspended. I had, you know, I was. I was you a got rebel. grandpa's
4: account maybe uh-uh. uh, suspended. I think I set,
5: like I started a fight with someone or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's such a it was such a weird medium because it was like it didn't really feel real. Like I felt like you could just like yeah, like it felt like everyone was kind of just trolling each other and you're kind of immature and like it just felt like just this weird joke or something the
4: wild west i do remember going into rooms and like making fun of people and stuff it's like if you were a- as someone who is in general like pretty nice to people it's such a like release of like being able <laughs> yeah. to like go Fuck in you. there and be <laughs> like, you guys are <laughs> stupid because no one feels real <laughs> and also no one really gets offended because they know that like or yeah. maybe they do but like they know that like that's also their persona it's not like you're saying it to a real person. It's like probably the beginnings of what has become like cyberbullying and stuff like that.
5: (laughs) (sighs) Well, you know what I think is really interesting is I was thinking about this and I was thinking about AOL Instant Messenger, which is obviously kind of tied to this and just then the idea of like what texting is now and just this idea that what if you could only text someone if they were like logged into this thing? Like it's so Ugh. you had so many more kind of boundaries that.
6: Right. Oh, don't get me started. I mean, as you know, I'm day eight, on no social media. And um, <laughs> no, but it's true. There are now it's, you know, it's the 24 hour accessibility. Totally. Yeah. It's hell. Constant surveillance. That's really true. Pure hell. Now,
4: Jonah, you kind of when you were in your 20s living in Brooklyn, you got into kind of a a chat room adjacent uh, medium called Justin TV that (gasps) (laughs) do you know about this, Kate? Kate, are you familiar with Justin
5: TV? No. So I had some roommates uh, when I was living in Williamsburg and one of them was really into this site. And I guess it was like the first like streaming site or something. And it was really weird. It was like, you would log on to this site, Justin TV, and they would just be channels where they would just like show movies yeah, or like t- there'd be like a law and order one or like action movies, whatever. Is it
6: Justin, like the name Justin or like Justin. Yeah.
5: It was like Justin.TV or something. It It's long defunct, but it was like it would just stream media yeah, based on the theme. And then there was like a chat function too. And so people would like talk about it, but, or if you were just bored, you could watch it. And I would watch it all the time with my roommates.
4: Yeah. Mm. I remember it was early 2010s. I was like my early days on SNL. I would come to your guys's place and you guys would all be on Justin TV, just kind of <laughs> going, at, not not really going after people on it, but like really kind of like egging them on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it would, it would be like you guys would be watching some show then someone would talk about, there were a bunch of like real cocky guys on there who would be like There'd be a lot of guys kind of,
5: br- br- I would say like guys like you'd be watching Law and Order and some guy would be like kind of bragging about his conquests to all these other Ooh. guys who are just kind of watching Law and Order and And <laughs> we he's were, lying, of course yes.
6: Oh totally, yeah. <laughs> because yeah.
5: it was like the kind of stuff that no one really said, they'd be like, he'd be like Hey, hey! You know, like I only, I only hook up with girls who are nines or tens. Like that's it. (laughs) like, We would be like, oh, that's so cool. What's that like? You know, or like, oh yeah, that like, oh, that must be. You know, we would sort of like placate these people just because we thought it was so absurd. And that was, yeah.
6: There was so much belief though back then. Like now we know it's all a lie. But then, like even as I was lying about being the woman in the jeep, like part of me really believed that I was her. Yeah. Sure. And the guy was like. I think the guy I was talking to who, who knows who I was actually talking to. It was like a 52 year old, like divorcee like, woman. <laughs> right. Like whoever I was talking to, was like, I believe it. You know, like, there yeah, was, like totally. it's so like sweet. It's like this early romance of the internet. We were like, we can be <laughs> like, it was still a fantasy and a dream world. And now it's just, now it's just a vessel for advertising and it's pure hell. Oh, we've lost ourselves. <laughs> right, right, right,
4: right, right. Well, Justin TV, I think everybody <laughs> knew better by then. Justin TV.
6: <laughs> That's so innocent. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but yeah i remember just being like okay my brother's like a full adult and he and his friends just go in this no i i thought it
6: was funny but
5: you know we were we were living in williamsburg we were just you know living in a loft just mm. you know you know how it goes
6: can't imagine what your rent was back then man oh, i know
5: right yeah oh there was, it wasn't like it is now it was, now it's all fancy and it's just right. tourists and just you know
4: it wasn't such a
6: Urban Outfitters showroom.
4: Yeah,
5: exactly. Thank you, Kate. Posers. Exactly.
4: Although your that apartment was kind of an Urban Outfitters showroom because you had... We
5: had a lot of artwork, but not really Urban Outfitters. Kind
4: of
6: and art. Urban Outfitters does have great home designs. I just want to say some of their <laughs> home furnishings online actually are quite... I've, I've, I've procured a lamp or two from their website. Yes,
4: yes. No, I, I do remember you guys had a huge painting that maybe your roommate did that was like... No,
5: that was a friend of his. But yeah, there was a painting that was like 20 feet tall yeah. or something. We actually did have some pretty... That, that apartment did have some pretty cool artwork in it, but I only lived there pretty briefly. I only lived there for an hour. This was a, the, the apartment, Kate, where my roommates threw a huge party, like over a hundred people. And Vanessa did stand up there and it was right when she started SNL, no one knew who she Aww. was. And she was making Aww. fun of the audience and they were not, not they into were not it, liking it, was, it. That's
6: incredible. What a historic evening. I stood up in the loft part. I stood up
4: like in the upstairs part and I made fun of the audience and there was like a big line for the bathroom. And I was like, I made some kind of joke about how it was, like, they're probably used to standing in lines like this when they're in the
6: unemployment line. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which is,
4: like, so elitist. Like what was my but Jonah like I remember being at this party and Jonah and I just like going off and writing all these jokes, making fun of everybody and then I performed. Yeah, instead them, of like...
5: actually like meeting people or talking to people yeah. at this party and like making friends. That's we were incredible. sort of roast writing roast jokes. Yeah.
6: And that really reminds me of back to my origins, but just like <laughs> the shows that you do in New York, like loft party shows or like do stand up at this party. It's like that is like you just saying that story, I'm like oh, I I remember like a weird loft party where I was doing stand up in the middle of an active party and no one listening, and like yeah. having the mic and be like um, <laughs> you know, and just like powering through like absolute hell, yeah, unimaginable. Yeah, it's so
4: upsetting to do stand up, period, or, or really sentence, any yeah. kind of performing <laughs> when in general, but when when it's just you in a room and it's just it, and you're just like looking for someone, it's kind of similar to like. One of the things that I think is the most upsetting when you're like talking to people is like if you're at a dinner or something... And you start telling a story and no one's listening. And then you find the one person who's listening and you make eye contact with them and you tell the story just to them. And it's so upsetting for them. And it's so upsetting for you (laughs) or I'm often the person who the person ends up telling the story to.
6: Yes. No, I I can, that feels very familiar of like, and you're, you're providing them with their humanity because everyone else has rejected them. So you're the soul. You're the, you are shouldering, you're bearing the weight of their integrity and, you're, I mean, it's really intimate. It's so much responsibility. It's
4: so much responsibility. And it's so much like just being like, you know, responding and then also just trying to be like, that's really f- funny. Did you guys hear that? Like, are <laughs> you guys, like trying to get
6: everybody back in trying to bring in others?
5: Yeah, that's tough. My my big problem at parties I've noticed is ending conversations. Like if I'm uh-huh. in a one on one type situation where I get introduced to someone, then we're talking and then it's kind of run its course. I have no idea other than being like, I have to go to the bathroom, which I can't keep saying. Like, I feel like I have no idea uh, of being like, well, it was nice talking to you. I'm going to go over here now. It's like it's really so hard to transition out. Do you have any tips for that?
6: Well, you have to go fast. fast. You just got to get out quickly. And cause I also struggle with that. <clears throat> and I'll lose an evening, you know, trapped and you <laughs> totally. just have to get out. And it's impressive when people know how to do that. Although I was actually burned at a wedding recently. Um, they won't hear this. And by the way, it's fine if they do <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my cousin's boyfriend who I'd never really met. we were like, and I was like, oh, he's great. We were talking, talking. And then he went, well, I'm going to redact my cousin's name. He was like, why? Okay. He was like, well, I'm going to go look for blank. And I felt <laughs> it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I don't want to do. And he did it. It was like totally expert and great. And like the conversation sure. had a hundred percent run its course. Like it was lovely and it was time for it to be done, but I was left alone. <laughs> <laughs> And I felt like you motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was completely fine but it's it's really it's scary business. It's scary it's business. It's scary it business. Is. And that's why it's scary to even talk to people in the first place because how are you going to get out? Yeah. Right. A, a lot of times
4: I will at a and it's also because we've been like quarantining and all that stuff now like going to any kind of party or whatever you're just
6: like what do i do that's why this
4: was hard for me actually i'm gonna gonna
6: just i'm gonna interrupt and defend myself that's why it felt scary because it was like one of the first gatherings i've been to in like two years yeah (laughs) yeah and you're like how do i handle this i often will be
4: like i'm gonna go get a drink if i like i'm like ready for like i'm like okay it's time to and then if i get stopped by like other friends or i see someone else then i'm then i get like a little paranoid of like is the person you look back, you're like,
6: I got caught. Is the person, yeah, yeah who I
4: who I said I was going to get a drink to, like, are they like, she didn't get a drink at all? She's a liar. And a I, I more uh, amped version of that <laughs> is I was at my friend's party and she really didn't like what the DJ was doing. So I, I was like, should we go up to him and like tell him to like, play more dancely like like fun music and she was like why don't you do that She was like please do that and I was like okay so I went up to him and I was like hey my friends like really want to dance so well, you can tell probably where this story's going so could you play like more like kind of fun like 90s music and like more and he was like what are some examples and I was like I-, I don't know like Ace of Base and like some other stuff that's like really fun and so he was like okay okay so then I went back and it was we we're in a pretty like we were in a backyard where he could like see every you know what I mean? Like we were in like a, my friend's backyard. And so then I got back over to my friends and then he like started playing some more like fun dance music. And then I was like talking to my friends and, and we're not it's like just us in the backyard. Like it's not really like a dance floor or anything, but I was like, I was kind of talking to them and kind of like lightly dancing. They're kind of like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I was like, I told him that, that you guys want to dance. I was like, so if you guys wouldn't mind cu- going along with me and just like, kind of like at least moving your shoulders and kind of like yeah. acting like you're dancing. Cause otherwise like he can see us. Like if he looks over here, he can see us. And I said to him that my friends want to dance. So, and I just want to be clear, like no one, this party at this time was dancing so it was like we had to be the one I understand fully and I just was like you know, he's going to track us uh, just how in the long same did way. Do you
5: feel like you had to dance in order to make it like make it clear a
4: couple songs okay. oh, and then a lot. I felt a like, songs. yeah, to that is a lot. And yeah. And, a and this songs. wasn't like true dancing. Like we're all yeah. like holding drinks. It's kind of like, but it was like, I was, and I kind of got used to it, but I think I looked insane because <laughs> I, <was, laughs> I was like standing there and just kind of, again, moving my shoulders and just sort of like nodding and kind of trying to give this guy positive reinforcement. I think the DJ
6: appreciate it i could imagine him looking over and going like yeah look at her she's having fun
4: she and her friends who wanted to dance so much are getting what they wanted you know (laughs) (laughs) no you had a responsibility to him exactly but yeah it's it is just really hard um being back at parties and socializing and you know and i think that's another thing that like really made aol chat rooms and all that stuff so nice was like you could just hide behind your little skills, yeah. Yeah, you didn't need any of those skills. And being in a quarantine, you kind of revert to like your virtual self a little
5: bit.
6: Oh yeah. So well.
5: Wow, way to really bring that full circle. Yes.
6: Speaking of your virtual self. My real self has to pee. Go ahead. We're going to. Well, <laughs> guess what? That's perfect because I'm sorry to say pee on air. Maybe that should be edited out, you know, because there could be kids oh listening. My God, please, you guys take it out. It's so gauche. Um, I'll be right back. Lightning
4: fast. And we'll be right back with Kate Verlant.
0: on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors.
1: You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
2: AT&T Fiber, live like a there. Available wherever you'll get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details.
4: And we're back. Um, now, Kate, we're going to play a little game with you now. Ooh. And it's called (laughs) change.dork
1: change.dork
4: otherwise known as let's make fun of people who don't know how to use change.org so in this game we're going to bring up three different nostalgic things that people are petitioning to bring back on change.org or to like create on change.org and we'll vote for like our favorite at the end like at the end we'll vote for the one that we would actually sign on to and this was born out of the fact that Jonah and I have found that a lot of people don't use change.org for like social justice and the things that you would think they would use it for. They use it for like really kind of trivial and sometimes insane stuff. So, Jonah, do you want to read the first petition that we're considering?
5: Yes. So this is a petition I found and it is titled Bring Back Cheeseburger Egg Rolls. Okay. It's a closed petition. Um, It has run its course. But, you know, for the purposes of segment, let's pretend it's open. It had five hundred forty one supporters It was started by someone named Katie and she started this petition and you can, oh, and you can direct the petition. So this is directed towards Applebee's. Yes. It says, imagine the horror I experienced when my server informed me that a fan favorite at Applebee's, the cheeseburger egg rolls, would be discontinued. That horror was increased tenfold when a call to corporate sealed the fate for the beloved appetizer. But the nails aren't in the coffin yet. Sign the petition today to show Applebee's that cheeseburger egg rolls will not go down without a fight and we will savor our victory more than signature sauce. And then um, it has a couple comments. Um, one says the American people will not sit by. idly <laughs> as such a travesty unfolds, you can take my free speech, my liberty, and my dignity, but you will never take away my cheeseburger egg rolls. Justice must be served. Wow. Wow! Yeah. So a lot of strong hot. feelings. <laughs> and served hot.
6: See, if I had been, I would have said, and served hot.
5: And there's a photo of the cheeseburger egg rolls, which they really... Do look like fried egg rolls with cheeseburgers inside
4: in them. I mean, wow. not a bad concept. I, I will say I don't think I've been to Applebee's in many years and I'm not familiar with this. Are, are either of you familiar with cheeseburger egg rolls?
5: No, I've never. I have to say I'm not. I have not heard of it.
4: I, I don't I don't feel so. I, I don't know to judge like I don't know the. But it sounds like it sounds like this person is really is really adamant about it and hurting, you know, as she said, the nails aren't in the coffin yet. Now, this petition is closed. and It seems like maybe the nails are in the coffin now. But
5: well, if you Google it, yeah, I mean, one guy wrote an article saying, you know, today might be my last visit to Applebee's because these these were wow. discontinued.
6: I don't buy that. Uh, oh,
5: yeah, yeah, I don't
4: buy it either.
5: <laughs> I don't buy it either. Other things that come about Applebee's are what's Applebee's one dollar drink this month. A vodka, strawberry, lemonade.
4: So. Whoa, that's a really good deal. Damn. Yeah,
5: I guess they do dollar drinks there. So who knew? But uh, yeah, I never go to Applebee's. I didn't know about this. It doesn't look like the worst thing ever, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know.
6: Dollar drink. <laughs> my my business entrepreneur mind's firing off. I go. What are you thinking? Something, something about that. I got I to gotta start a restaurant yeah. that has, I was thinking, a $2 drink.
5: There was a bar when I lived in Cleveland that I think a friend of mine, owned whose name was also jonah and it was called two dollars and everything at the bar was two dollars every beer i love it every shot every mixed drink was two bucks well
6: it's like remember uh, is it alligator lounge or crocodile lounge alligator lounge in new york free pizza with every beer i repeat free pizza with every beer oh yeah and so and by the way was the pizza huge no no who cares it was a personal size pizza you get a beer there they're giving you a goddamn pizza
4: yeah Wow.
6: I think that that guy is
4: going to go to Applebee's for the reason alone that even if he can't get cheeseburger egg rolls, he can get anything else and he can get a one dollar drink with it.
5: Yeah, we'll see. Although people feel real strongly about these cheeseburger egg rolls. So I don't know. I guess, you know, my thing with these kind of situations, too, is like if you really want these, you could probably figure out a way to recreate it. Like it's not like um, probably not that hard.
4: Well, I think egg rolls are probably hard. You have to have like a deep fryer. Yeah, that's Mm. true. You know, it could get a little dangerous. Now there's probably a healthy version of a cheeseburger egg girl you could make in an air fryer. <laughs> yeah. Jonah loves the air fryer. I do love Ooh. my air fryer. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I've always been curious about those.
5: Yeah. If you have any questions about it, okay, let me I'm know. That could know. be a great episode of your podcast, Kate.
6: Yeah, we should talk about it because I've I've been really curious about air frying goods.
4: Yeah. Jonah and his wife got me an air fryer for the holidays and I'm I'm getting into it. What are you frying? apples i'm frying up you know i'm frying i used to make salmon in the toaster oven i used to roast it in the toaster oven (gasps) now i make it in the air fryer it makes it like really crispy and kind of and really good and i make sweet potatoes in it cauliflower i haven't done sweet potato fries yet but i know that that's Mm. like a really they're really
5: good it's almost like faster than using a microwave and i feel like it's like doesn't leave things as soggy yeah it's pretty good yeah and if you want to do anything breaded if you just like yeah it's good for that. Oh, stuff yeah. Too. You're
4: going to be all set. I'm stunned. You're going to be all set.
5: Vanessa, do you want to go? Um. So so that was she's I was. Vanessa, what did you find on change.org that you? Wanted? Yeah.
4: So I found this petition that's called protect sitcom actors and actresses from post sitcom depression. So this was made by this person um, named Reza. And this person made this petition out to ABC, CBS, HBO and MSNBC. <laughs> interesting okay <laughs> uh, that, that, that kind of uh, not all super similar networks 11 people have signed and if you look it up it features this really depressing photo <laughs> of matthew perry where he like has a mask on like a you know like a covid protection like but it's kind of pulled down and he's like looking at the ground and he does look very depressed it's it's a good it's a good photo for what this person's trying to achieve and this person wrote Sitcom actors and actresses have a tendency to get depressed and follow the path of self-destruction after sitcom ends. I'm reading it exactly how they wrote. This is because they cannot find job after sitcom. Now, they usually have some dramatic experiences in their lives that might be beyond our power to fix. But we can support them by giving them jobs and keeping the occupied. I am asking TV networks to give them jobs, host of a show, another sitcom, small parts, anything, just to save them from themselves. Sign this petition and help to end this cycle of depression and self-destruction. Now, incredible. I got to just point out incredible, but I got to say what this person is asking for is so general. (laughs) It's hard to believe that it would be. Even if it was signed by like a thousand people or 10,000 people, there are so many sitcom actors and actresses. And if you're opening it up to MSNBC, I think you're oh. including show hosts too in that. And if you're including HBO, not a ton of sitcoms on there, but you're including this person. And how do you quantify? How do you know? Like it just feels like such a general petition however I do appreciate
6: this person's humanity Kate what do you think yeah I mean the urge to protect the actors um I of course love (laughs) um yeah I mean you would think that empathy would maybe extend just to general public like Matthew (laughs) Perry's fine you know (laughs) yeah he's gonna be fine yeah but I love anything that kind of points out the fragility of actors um yeah You know, I love and I think I think it's very sweet. We do have to take care of our actors after because, you know, once a show gets canceled, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's all it's all over.
4: If you're in a sitcom and then the sitcom stops
6: running. Where's your community? Where's your, you know? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Look, you know, there's only 11 signatures as of now, but I hope ABC, CBS, HBO and MSNBC pay attention. Jonah, what do you think?
5: I have a few thoughts. One, I don't know if this this person might be happy to learn that. Um, if a show's in syndication, Matthew Perry is getting paid every time Friends airs. Right.
4: Yeah. Right. Really good point.
5: Just because the show's over doesn't mean. Um, also, you know, I agree with you. I think the mentality of this versus someone you know petitioning for cheeseburger egg rolls at Applebee's is a little more, you know, humanitarian. You know, I, I'm I'm pursuing a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling, and, and I yes. you know, depression is is a big issue. It's you know, in the entertainment industry. So I think. I think this person's heart is in the right place, but I think they need to narrow it in a little bit. I think you're right. It's a little too general
4: broad. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you, maybe, you know, depending on um, where your work takes you in your field, Jonah,
6: you could kind of rehabilitate sitcom actors.
5: Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I agree with that. And then for our third one. This one is very specific. So um, well, our last one was a little general. This one is called Change the Office Popcorn Policy. Uh-oh. <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> this one really makes me laugh.
5: This one, 34 people have signed it. They're trying to get to 100 signatures. At 100 signatures, it's more likely to be featured in the recommendations of change.org, which seems like that would be you know interesting. But uh, this is started by someone named Jennifer. Um, and it's just got a picture of popcorn, and it says, Why punish the masses for one person's (laughs) mistake from five years ago? Did you know in our building rules, it states we aren't allowed to make popcorn in the microwave? Sign the petition to allow popcorn at the support center.
4: So I've got to say this person sounds to me like a real nightmare uh, employee (laughs) because for a couple reasons. One is this person, Jennifer, started this petition to a specific person's email, who I'm assuming is her boss. So she's... Really targeting her boss and saying, you know, change this, you know, change this policy. And then also she says, why punish the masses for one person's mistake from five years ago? It's clearly her who made the mistake. Oh, wow. I didn't see it that way.
5: I don't know. I don't know if that's true, actually. I thought maybe she inherited this policy and, you know, you know. My my instinct is someone had to have burned the popcorn. It smelled really bad. They said, that's it. No more popcorn.
6: Well, we talk about this on POOG, actually. Popcorn lung. Oh, yeah? Oh. Which Jacqueline mentioned. So, because I, I enjoy microwaving a bag of popcorn. I probably do it, you know, once every two weeks. A little, some liquid aminos on there. Some nutritional yeast. Ooh, yes, nutritional yeast. But apparently, the bag, when you open a bag of popcorn, the steam, like, that's, like, toxic or something. Really? Like I never knew smoke. that. And so, like... People were in like the fifties or whatever, like when microwave popcorn became it was hot on the scene, people would come in with popcorn lung because they were like inhaling and I wanna be clear, haven't done the research, this might not be real. I
4: was gonna say it must have been like the nineties or the eighties, because when did pop microwave? Oh, yeah, not the fifties.
6: What am I talking about? <laughs> But either way, it, it, yeah. when it first when they first got on the scene, so popcorn lung was serious. So maybe somebody burned popcorn, maybe a small fire broke out, or maybe someone just inhaled a cloud of popcorn dust and was sent to the doctor.
5: So do you feel like it's time? to, Do you think like this is a fair petition? Though, do you think five years is enough time to sit down and revisit this, or do you think this absolutely?
6: Is... It sounds like bu- bureaucratic, you know, lunacy. They should allow popcorn at the support system center. Support center. <laughs> I well, I also think that
4: like. I bet it was a bigger thing that happened than not. I'm not saying popcorn yeah, isn't important, yeah. and I, but I just don't know. Maybe the whole building burned down. It feels like something like burned in the kitchen, like something got burned, and then they were like, absolutely no more microwave popcorn. Which, which, in, what's interesting is whatever happened was it like popcorn
6: specific? Because if they're still letting people use the microwave, Whoa. well, we could, we could poke holes in this all day. That's what's. That's why it's ridiculous that they don't allow popcorn.
5: Well, there's some more. There's some. You know, you can list on Change.org your reasons for signing. Yeah. So there's some comments from three years ago. Okay. This has to all be places people that work. Um, one person, said, these people all use it in their names, so I don't think they care. Yeah. One just says, we want popcorn. We want popcorn. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. One person says, popcorn is a nutritional snack. Hashtag keep the cookies away.
6: No, it's not. <laughs> But we'll continue. And,
5: and the third one uh, is says I'm signing because Bill and his dictatorship has to be stopped. Let them eat popcorn.
4: Ooh, it seems like these people have no fear in terms of like, <laughs> am I gonna face repercussions? This person, this person who made the petition, made it directly to uh, again. I'm assuming her boss or whoever's in charge of the you know, what goes on in the kitchen. And these people are using their full names. They're like coming out, <laughs> they're calling each other, someone that he's calling the boss a dictator. Like, I guess, good for these people. They're really, I mean, you know, are they doing something that feels like not that important <laughs> on change.org? Yes, but at the same time, they're putting their <laughs> livelihoods on the line. It's true, it's a huge risk.
5: <laughs> it feels to me like, I don't know if this is the best way to get, I mean, it feels like just scheduling like a meeting or <laughs> trying to talk to someone is maybe, maybe they've tried that, but that to me seems like yeah. a more logical kind of first step.
4: Yeah, exactly. To say it's been five years, send an email to Bill. this this email address <laughs> that she made the petition to and and be like, you know, I'd love to sit down and talk to you about this, yeah, but you instead... Say,
5: you say, you know, well, this is a support center and we need some support.
6: Yeah. They're hiding behind much, to bring it back to the theme in a neat little package, <sighs> much like the way we would recede into the darkness and hide in the safety of the chat room these people are hiding within the safety of the message board instead of taking it right to bill where they have a chance to really change
4: oh my
5: god that is the,
4: the incredible the situation so
5: true kate and that i think that really does bring things totally full circle with our theme yeah
4: yeah and just because even though we should probably sign off now cuz things are full circle i do want everyone to pick a petition and for the reasons that we've discussed on today's podcast, I actually am going to choose the popcorn one just because Mm -hmm. these people put themselves the most at risk personally and professionally by making this petition. Which petition would you guys pick?
6: I'm going to go with number two because I just think there's a real, there's a real feeling behind there that I can get behind. There's a real empathy and a real concern for actor wellness.
5: I agree with, I think I, 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 appreciate Vanessa's point. I agree with that. But I like the sentiment of the second one prevailing depression because I feel like so many of these petitions are like people advocating for themselves about very trivial things, yeah. which is really funny. But I think I think the sentiment is is good. I think that's positive. So I'm going to go to the second one.
4: Well, it sounds like cheeseburger egg rolls are not <laughs> Who today. Who cares? <laughs> that petition's closed anyway.
5: Yeah. So you can't support that one, unfortunately. All right. Well, Vanessa, do you want to sign off?
6: Yes. And Kate, first, Kate, it, where can people...
5: Kate, where can people find you online?
6: Yeah. Oh, you know, <laughs> I am, although I am day eight on my in- on my social media yes, cleanse, incredible. Kate Berlant on Instagram, Twitter, you know, I'll still be there. Um, please. Um, yeah, I have a podcast called Poog. Um, if you're in Los Angeles, I'm going to be doing some dates uh, once, the, once the latest variant kind of dies down. And it's safer to get on stage. Love that. Love that. Well, that was
4: really fun. Thanks so much, Kate. For the blast. For joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course. Oh my God. Thank you to everyone for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird if you enjoyed yourself. And, you know, next week we'll discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like AOL chat rooms.
3: Chum-a. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Haya. Searching for something extreme? Check out Skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh?
4: Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country.